And what's up with the what's up? Welcome to another episode of Believe in the Business of Fitness. I am your host, The Coach. And today we are breaking out into our MMA segment, and we're going to kick things off with Bellator MMA fighter Romero Cotton, residing out of Hutchinson, Kansas, and fighting out of San Jose, California. And he's fighting out of the gym, American Kickboxing Academy. Um, I am super excited. Uh, Romero Cotton is a really accomplished athlete and fighter. Just to give you a quick look in his background, he is a three-time D2 national wrestling champion. He is a four-time D2 All-American wrestler. He's a three-time all-conference football player out of Nebraska Kearney. And then if you add on the championship accolades that he has at a high school of Hutchinson, Kansas, he's a 10-time state champion, four times through wrestling. Um, Don't quote me on that stat. Four times for football, for sure, and two times in powerlifting. So, uh, yeah, he's got he's got championships on top of championships on top of championships. But more importantly, he's going to give us our first glimpse into what it's like being a fighter in the business side of MMA. He's going to talk a lot about the importance of sponsorships, the important the importance of training, and how those wins are really what matters at the end of the day. Because they not, not only do they keep your career going, but they keep your sponsors happy, and they lead to even bigger sponsorships down the road. Not only is he going to talk about his personal career as well and the business side of MMA, he's also going to talk about what it takes to be a fighter. Uh, I could just speak personally that on paper or out loud, I could say, oh man, it would be really cool to jump in the in the octagon or the cage to fight somebody. But realistically, 98% of the population does not have what it takes to be a fighter. That hunger, that drive, and that dedication. And I think a lot of our fitness enthusiasts out there, especially if you've ever played D1 or higher level football, uh, you're going to understand a lot of the training splits that he takes, but also now why it matters more than often. So Today's episode is going to be really special, just like a lot of them. So let's get it going. Roll it. All right, Romero, man. Uh, first off, thank you for agreeing to come on the show, man. I've been really looking forward to this. Uh, everyone out there who's known me or listened to the show in the past, everyone knows that I personally believe that fighters are the greatest athletes we have on the planet uh, right next to gymnasts. There's just something about someone willingly signing a contract saying i'm willing to get in the cage and get punched by someone (laughs) for a living and so i just want to say thank you and for our listeners out there if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself for them uh we'll go ahead and get started hey i appreciate it thanks for having me on bro uh my name is merle cotton uh i'm from Hutchinson, kansas but uh right now i reside in san jose california but i'm a little bit everywhere but yeah that's uh you know i've been fighting for a few years but uh yeah it's definitely a, a transition uh that i'm that i'm trying to make with my athletic career and 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 it takes a lot definitely so uh let's go ahead and start off kind of where it all began so for everyone out there we're both from kansas but romero is from hutchinson i'm from wichita it's about what is it, about 40 minute drive probably between the two yeah yeah it's, i'm really i'm really uh from from outside of hutchinson I'm from a little town called Partridge, man. I'm not, it's not even a town. It, it's population was us. So, I mean, we commuted to Hutchinson uh, for high school and stuff like that. But, but growing up, we, 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 you know, we'd have to go there for, for, you know, our basic supplies and stuff. But, uh, 
you know, doing doing athletics. We would my 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 dad would, you know, he's a he's a road warrior, so he would take us, you know, uh to Wichita and 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 to Hutchinson. But yeah, we ended up going to I ended up going to high school at Hutchinson High School, but but I'm actually from uh Parker from P Town, man. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. And that's like, like you said, that's a tiny, tiny spot where it's one of those towns where if you're not from the state and well-versed, you might not even know where it is. And so I'm, so I'm interested. Um, you, you've been wrestling in particular for a long time, but how old were you when you started wrestling? I was eight years old. Eight years, eight years old. old and i just had my 33rd birthday a few days ago so i've been at it for a little bit now so uh, safe to say your whole life and that's the yeah. thing in particular about mma um that i personally believe feel free if you feel differently you're going against guys who have been wrestling or working at their particular craft whether that's kickboxing or jujitsu you know since they were tiny kids and now they're, you know, really trying to make something themselves. So you've been wrestling since you were eight. You also were playing football. What other sports did you play? Uh, that was that was really it, man. I've I've always just did played football and and uh, wrestled my whole my whole life. So I mean, when I was younger, I mean, I remember dabbling in like uh, uh, we did a little bit of baseball, you know, in like fifth or sixth grade, and then we did some track stuff. But mainly, most of the time was all taken up by 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 wrestling and, and football so. definitely and for a lot of you out there who are having kids come up i highly encourage your kids to get in wrestling if you want them to be great football players uh, the correlation is undeniable at this point but so you started when you were eight did uh so was wrestling part of like a family tradition did your dad wrestle uncles or i mean how'd you really get into it so my dad was a uh two or three time golden glove boxer and he he, he wanted us to box and I would, I mean, start looking back now. I wish, I wish my mom would have let us, but my mom wasn't having it. She's like, you know, look at your nose, talking about my dad. He has a flat nose. You're not, you my babies aren't getting punched in the face, is what she would say. So the closest thing to it was my uncle Charles. You know, he, he, uh, he was a wrestler. He was a wrestler coming up. And I remember they took me to a uh, wrestling tournament, probably, I want to say it might have been in like Valley Center or something. And, uh, they took me there and I was watching watching uh my uncle's nephew or his brother his little brother was wrestling at the time and I remember him and my dad was sitting there and they pointed out and they said you think you could do that and I was like yeah you know then the next year uh they took me to like a uh to the free clinic and and seeing if I liked it and I loved it and so uh it was on from there Okay, and that's and that's interesting. And you have a little brother too. Was it kind of the same deal with him as well? Uh, by the time he came along, you know, we're four four years apart. So uh, I started when I was eight. He was four, and so he never he was he was around it, but he wasn't he wasn't really in it. You know, there's there's some kids that start at you know you know if their dad's a wrestler or something, they're starting them at ages three and four. Like like you were talking about, uh, we both know. That Daniel DeSager, you know, that he, he was mm-hmm. born in diapers. He was on the mat when he was in diapers. But uh, my brother, he I remember he was around it when he was four. And then he really started wrestling probably that next year when he was five or six. He he uh, he took off. So he always had me to, to kind of lead the way. And then he was uh, he, he was better at it when we were younger, you know, between the two of us. So 
he took he took to it a lot faster but but he never really had a choice neither he was just he, he was once i was in it he was in it isn't that usually how it works though like the older one will always set the tone because i'm the oldest one too but the younger ones they kind of learn from our mistakes and then they end up really perfecting it at least that's what i've seen most of the time yeah little brother's always better at the end of the day they always end up being a little bit better than that the older one was at something. So, so you've been doing this since you were eight, and and just to give our listeners, so there's this thing in um when you grow up in Kansas, like if you're a if you're a high level athlete, you just kind of know of the other high level athletes, and that's how I first heard of Romero because I remember being in high school in Wichita Heights, and we had a lot of great wrestlers, Chase Nelson who went to OU, Kendrick Maple, uh, who I believe he went to OU as well. Uh, Daniel DeShazer, we got a long line of just incredibly talented wrestlers that won a lot. Brandon Bonwell was another one. He didn't go to Heights. He went to uh, Goddard. But everyone would always talk about Romero, and they would talk about this intensity that he had. And I never really got to meet him uh, just because he was a 5A school um, we were a six A, and I didn't get a chance to meet him until junior college, and well, you know that was a crazy time. We're not going to get into that, but there's always this circle of just you hear about people and you see their accolades and all these things. And so what I'm getting at is, how did you? When did you realize that you were like, "Yo, I got a real shot at going pretty far with this"? Um, uh, you know, I never really did. Everyone else told me. Everyone else told me. I, I just. I just showed up and, and just wrestled the matches. Uh, you know, it really, what got me in, into the MMA game as far as, as trying to take my wrestling to the next level there was after going to college, uh, you know, graduating, we didn't really, there's not really much you can do with wrestling. You know, it, it, it gets you, the the vehicle to get you to college and, and to uh, get you a scholarship. And, and after that, it's about it. I mean, you can go and wrestle club team internationally but that, that's very first of all them guys are super high level super high level it's the best of the best and uh there's not much money in it and so so you're gonna be and so so if you want to make a dollar doing using this wrestling stuff you either gotta you know go into coaching or or uh or going to mma and so while still able-bodied i just so happened to get a a, a contract offer to me from bellator mma and 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 uh right after right after college but i look at that compared to you know the the what else i what i had studied for and in, in, in the job market there and like what i was able to make and uh you know being able to wrestle and, and do the mma stuff you know for that time in my life it paid a lot more than than what i what i went to school for so just the route i'm going for right now until i can't do it anymore so and i'm and we're gonna take a step back for our listeners um I'm pretty sure I don't have your list of accolades in front of me. It's too long. But as I understand it, you're a 10-time state champion on the high school level. You got four for football, and you have another – what is it? I don't know where the other six came from. I know you got four from wrestling as well, right? Yeah. 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 Where did the other and two come from? See, I don't really count the other two, but some people do because you they had the, uh, the powerlifting meet. You remember that? Oh, remember yeah. That's what it was. That? So that that's a, they they consider that a state championship. So I went to that twice and won that. But I I don't really consider that a sport. But I mean, if we're if we're tallying up how many how many ships we got, they they always add that in there. Okay, so we got ten there, and then Nebraska Kearney. 
you're a two you're a two time All American there, correct? Or four? Four. But we, yeah. we won we won we had one we got a second place the first year we, we had got there. And then uh then we won the rest of the years. So but that yeah. year we got second. We we actually won a team championship. So so I go ahead and count that one. So you know, we got a four time we got we had four national championships while we were there, but but four time all American. Four time All American. Okay, so for all you listeners out there, I guess you can get the picture I'm painting here. Winning. It just it just comes. And so then you talked about the money that you can make wrestling, you know, if you kind of go international with it, but even then it's not a lot. So when you're when you finish up with college and you decide to make that transition in MMA, uh, you talked about your offer with Bellator. How did that offer come about? Um, so there there's a uh, there's a guy I fight with still to this day. He's 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 actually one of my team captains. He's a uh, Sean Bunch is his name. He he's from Leavenworth, Kansas. He's he's a lot older than me, but uh, you know, as Kansas guys, we always we always take care of each other. So he started getting to the MMA game back after the uh, 2008 Olympics. He was on the same team as uh with Daniel Cormier, who's also you know he he was a team captain out here for us at at. American Kickboxing Academy, but he he moved on. He's retired now. But uh, he was starting to get into the managing game, and and the whole time, uh, Bunch was managed by this guy named Mike Hogan, who's actually the uh, he's one of the matchmakers and 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 GM for uh, Bellator MMA. And but at the time, he was just a he was Bunch's manager, and they would always try to get me to you know quit school early and come come do some some MMA but I'm like you know I got to finish my college I got to finish you know I got to finish out my degree but uh you know once I finally did that by the time that uh I was ready to entertain the the MMA route or whatever was a because I was having a I was having my daughter she she was coming along and uh Mike Cogan just so happened not to be a, a manager anymore he was he, he started working for Bellator and then you know he offered me a a uh a signing bonus and i looked at at that and and the fact that i was having a baby and that i needed to uh and that 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 signing bonus was just as much as you know what i went to school for what i would have made that first year anyway you know without even without even uh stepping into the ring yet i was like there's that's a clear option for me so i better try to figure this out and that's how i got into the mma game and uh about three four days later I was brought out here to uh, California on a visit, and I loved it. And I've been out, been coming and going ever since. Yeah, and you're talking about San Jose, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, I got I got a lot of love for the Bay Area. Everyone knows that. Uh, if I if I made a lot more money, I would have moved up there. But you can you can explain that a lot more than uh than I can. It takes a so, little bit. It, yeah. So you transition to MMA, right? And this is this is the real gold piece of the show here. A lot of people, they may be familiar with the pay structure and the business of boxing because it's just been it's been glorified over the years. It's obvious. But a lot of people are still ambiguous. You know, they're still ambiguous to the ways of MMA. They don't understand that, you know, for the most part, if you don't win your fight, you're probably not making really anything. But also the the length of your contract. Uh, who you decide to fight for Bellator versus UFC. Now we got the PFL league. Um, there's even other ones out there. 
you know, all of this, they all have their little unique niches. But at the end of the day, if you look at it from an employee standpoint, the fighters are the ones who really have to kind of make their life work. So if you could go into a little bit of detail about what's the lifestyle of most fighters, what's what's generally the career path that you've seen since you jumped into MMA? The career path that I've seen or the career path that, I, that I'm taking? Because there is, it's really two different things. Because well, let's talk about first, both. What's 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 okay. what's some of the ones you've seen, and then what's the one that you're taking? Um. So as far as me, I, I the blueprint that the ones before me have laid out uh, has worked has worked to my benefit. You know, I, I I I'm I'm really one of the lucky ones. Like I said, I got a signing bonus to 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 bring me into MMA. That that you know that that brought me in and that that helped me out. And uh, that really pushed me into getting into the sport. And I started immediately at a, at a pro level. I didn't do any amateur fights. I didn't have any amateur experience. So I just came straight in into the, into the pro ranks and, and started fighting at a, at a high level immediately, which, first of all, I don't suggest that. <laughs> you know, learning on the fly is, 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 is hard enough. And, and just trying to learn a sport, it takes a long time to learn a sport. But I was, I'm very fortunate as far as the fact that I have, you know, I, I, I've made, I'm making decent money very early in my career when really it takes a long time, a long time to build up to that. Uh, for example, I, a, a good friend of mine went to college with him. He, he has been grinding and doing the MMA route for a lot longer than me. He's been fighting at least two, two times longer than me. Now he's been doing this for about 10 years, but I remember seeing him back his name is Ralphion Stotts. He actually fights for a million dollars now. The million dollar tournament. He's the uh, he's the champ right now at 135 of Bell And uh, but I remember watching his grind before I even while, while I was still wrestling. He, he he had graduated a year or two before me, but he was still around doing the sport. But as for him, he did the, the more traditional way. He started he started fighting at the local. The local local circuit where, where first of all you're doing amateur you're paying to fight you're paying to fight most likely you know you got to you got to train and you're going out there you're fighting for free and you're, you're you're selling tickets and then as you turn pro you know you might not be fighting for much you, I, I remember he i remember seeing he, he's fighting for like two you know a few hundred few hundred bucks you know and and lord forbid you get hurt or something like that but you got to do that in order to get your record up and then and then as you get your record up, you know, you get invited to bigger, bigger shows if you know the right people. And that's that's one thing he did do do right. And, and as far as myself, I feel like he did it right as well is, is, is you got to know you got to know people. You got to know where to go to. There's millions of great fighters out there that no one will ever hear about because they don't know the right people or they don't behave the right way. They, it, 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 it takes a little bit of luck and a little bit of. Of, of knowing uh having the self-awareness to, to know how to talk to people you can't you know it's a, it's a barbaric sport but you can't you can't be dumb so the people that's actually making a little bit of money here they got they got all these things going for them but jumping back to to uh the the, the traditional way you know you work your way up from the local scene to the regional scene from the regional scene you got to get an opportunity you know get some wins and you may you might get an opportunity to make it to to a Bellator or a UFC or a PFL. And uh, that's when you start 
you know, making making a little bit of money. And even when you get there, it's going to be low. It's going to be low. So you're going to have to have a job. You're going to have to have a job. You're going to have to work. You know, you're going to have to work some hours and then get your training in and 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 as well as make sure you win so you can keep so you can keep uh increasing your purse so, so you know you don't win you know your purse stays the same or or you, you get less and and uh most most pay structures are set up to um you got 50 percent to show 50 percent to win so you only get in half your money if you show up and you make weight you get half of your money if you win you get half of your money and uh that's crazy as, as far as as my as for, for for me i like to try to get flat rate fights and so that that's worked out for me a lot better i've been like like you have a good management and uh and the promotion works with me really well so so i i get for the most part i get uh you know i know what i'm making when i'm fighting but but for most people you get half when you show up half when you win if you win and out of that same purse you got to pay your management you know you got to pay your coaches and uh and 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 so you're virtually left with the you know with with very little unless you're making a big purse so the best thing is is, is to try to win your fights and 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 have good people around you and and you definitely need you definitely need help. Sponsored the sponsorship game is is a big thing in the fight game, and and you you definitely can't do it alone. And so it's 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 a it's a it's a risky business and it's slow. So like you always see the big time fighters and the big time people, you hear about them, but it's a it's getting there. All them guys went through went through went, went through years of of grinding and and not having much in order to get there, and it's it's, it's definitely a grind. I'm glad you went into such great detail about this because these are the things that, you know, your everyday fan might not know or someone who's getting ready to make that jump or considering the jump. This information is useful. And for all my business owners out there, you're already hearing some trends that we see a lot of networking. Sometimes it's not what you know, or in this case, what you can do. It's who you know. That seems to be true across the board. Um, we clearly can see that sponsorships. Um, some of you understand the the importance of sponsorships for some of your business and the events that you put on. It I, it sounds like for being a fighter, it's way more important than that. So um, actually, do you have a few sponsors right now that you can kind of explain? It, I don't know if it's a legal thing, but can you explain kind of what they do for you and give them a shout out if you want? Oh yeah, for sure. I've I've, I've been I've been uh, real fortunate to have. I don't have I don't have a lot, but I have some very good loyal loyal people that uh you know they brought me all the way up here. There's Twin J Transportation. He's been, uh, Scott Johnson. He's been with me for years. He uh you know he he, he does does anything for me. You know that they but yeah, Marvell Scott. Uh, he's a, he's a doctor. He, he has my back. He's he he's out of New York. He uh. You know, he, he gives me what I need, Scott Johnson. He, 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 it's just really just people that, uh, that believe in you. My man, Sean, he, 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 uh, he, he, he it's, it's just a bunch of people that, that, uh, Blaine, there's a, there's a bunch of them. Blaine Cash, uh, Sean James, um, you know, they, they each have their own independent businesses and they, and they, uh, 
they just they just believe in me and and whatever whatever thing I need whatever I need they uh you know they make sure I have it whether that's training partners expenses to travel uh you know uh for for I'm, I'm 33 years old now so you know my body's breaking down as far as like uh chiropractic cryo you know cryo chamber things and 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 just just anything that I need uh in the in the PT realm they they them guys help me out a lot with that uh so it's it's just anything anything under the sun is, is, is what they is what they're there for and they, they let me know that and I've and I'm and I'm really lucky to have have have, have stuff like that uh the gun bro they give me you know they give me give me uh free beef jerky from from prime beef jerky and stuff so it's like it's just little things here and there that people people don't think much of that help help fighters go far and 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 just from them guys I I can spend all my time focusing on training and uh not having not having to worry about you know putting food in my mouth so so it's it's that that helps me out tremendously but most guys don't have don't have that and that's something i want to highlight here too um we talked about this you know offline about how those sponsors really free you up so that you can focus on training because like you said if if you don't win for the most part uh, for most people if they don't win, they're missing out on 50% of their purse. And yeah. especially if they're trying to make a career out of it. And just to give everyone out there kind of a an, a quick uh, quick bird's eye view of what I'm talking about here. I believe your first fight in Bellator was, um, I got your list pulled up here, July 14, 2017 against Aaron Rodriguez. Um, yeah. Won by decision. I'm just going to go down this real quick. Then we're going again in March of 18. Uh, you won by submission. Willie Whitehead in August of 18, TKO victory. Um, November of 2019, TKO victory against Jason Parada. Uh, December of 2020, Justin Sumner, decision victory. Uh, March 12th, Freddie Sandoval, TKO victory. And then we got July 22nd of, two, of 2022. Um, this fight had no result. So this one just, you know, pretty much scratch. And you can go in the detail of kind of the payout of those if you want. Uh, if it's too personal, feel free to skip it. But we're talking about someone here who started in 2017. It's 2023. And this is and due to the help from all those sponsors. You are able to focus on training and getting better to focus on these victories. Because if you didn't have these sponsors, you would have had to get a job, which would have taken away from your training, if I'm right. Yeah, for sure. So exactly so like the, the pay structure started you know starting low so i, I want to say i made maybe maybe ten thousand dollars that first fight you know so it's it, it's it's in the fight game like i was saying most people you may do your first fight for free you know but it's like so for me to start and to actually make money on my first one was 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 good but it's like like i said it was at a higher level and it wasn't it wasn't at, just at the country bar but it's definitely not enough to live off of and so i remember i made more in in my sponsorship game like in selling my banner and my shorts and stuff than i made from the actual fight i remember i remember that day but it, it, it's it's uh but yeah it's definitely even even then it's not enough it's not a living wage so so without so without the sponsors you know you're you're, you're not i'm not i'm not i wouldn't be able to, to do anything i actually lost that last fight my last fight was that was my first loss. 
and and even then you know i expected to lose some sponsors you know but but the guys that i have are are, are they believe in me and, and they're loyal to me so i'm I, i'm still fine as as far as my sponsorship goes but uh you know you just assume that you know if you if you're not having success that it's going to go but it was like it was a top 10 matchup and, and you know i didn't come out on top of that one but you know we're trying to we're, we're back on the train we had and uh yeah them guys still got my back so but yeah you definitely need you definitely need uh help in this game well, that's good to hear because, you know, it sounds a lot like working on commission in the sales world where I'm used to, where when you're winning, it, everybody wants to be on your team, right? They they want they all want to be there. They all want to walk out with you. They all want to be seen with you. But, you know, as soon as you hit a rough patch, they're quick to go. And I'm glad to hear that your sponsors, they didn't do that. They They realized like, hey, it's part of the game. We're going to stay with you. So we talked a lot about kind of some of the lifestyle that, you know, it takes from the business end of this. Um, the training, you know, what what's the training like on a day in, day out basis for you? Uh, day in, day out. So so let's say Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, those are uh, those are your longer days. Those are your spar days. So you go in, you come in at nine in the morning. And you're either, if you have a fight coming up or anything, you, you you have priority. So it's like you're either sparring that day or you're drilling that day for you either you're either fighting a fight for 15 minutes or you're you're drilling for two hours in that that session there. And uh, then that session's over. Then normally, you know, I go I have a PT session in between there to you know do all the nicks and bruises that that I got during that training session, and then. Going back around, going in again around five o'clock for uh, cardio, and then six o'clock is uh, is grappling, and then that's from about six to eight, and then we're then that's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, um, you're going in for practice again at nine myself and then uh you know you got to get a run get a run in there some more, more likely in the morning uh get your road work in and then uh you're working with your striking coach on tuesday thursday as i am uh about three o'clock and then uh we got another one-on-one like game planning at about four on thursdays but not on tuesdays and uh then that's followed up with the grappling as well at six o'clock so, so that's that's my week right there. You know, this sounds very familiar to football style training camp in terms of the the spacing of the activities. Uh, so, yeah. So it sounds like if you've ever done anything like that, you can imagine doing that all day, pretty much every day. So. So let me ask you this then. This is what I find so fascinating personally about the uh, the fight game. You got you got your striking time. You have time for cardio. Then you have I don't want to call it open gym, but you're sparring. Um, I didn't hear anything about weight training at all, and i i did I didn't even know that you had additional cardio at the end of the day. I kind of thought that you're sparring with. Uh, 
be considered majority of your cardio, but it sounds like that's not the case too. So this is this is all interesting. So I I, I forget I, I was thinking about that as soon as I got done. So the weight training goes down on the Sundays and and uh, Tuesdays. So right now I'm only doing two days a week, but but uh, I went years I went actually years uh, at the beginning because I was I was coming from football and wrestling body. You know my body was made for football. It was bigger. Add a lot more muscle, and then it's made for four seconds at a time. And wrestling, you know, you're going six minute sprints. So it's like, it's still not that very long. It's still not that long. MMA is 15 minutes, you know, and when you get to the championship level, it's 25. So it's a whole different type of, of body frame that you need. And, and, and over time, I found out that, you know, more muscles take more oxygen. It, it, mm-hmm. so, so it's like a, a lot of the fighter that you see that that says i mean there's always muscles always help and they're 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 always they're always you know strength is always always a plus let's not pretend that it's not but a lot of fighters that you see are, are long 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 muscle guys they're not really there for the power they're there for the stamina for the duration of the fight and uh so over time you know my body my body has changed from being, you know, a fullback in sorts to, to you know, it, my muscles are, are are made for stamina now, and uh, it and that's that's a that's a that's a it took it took me some years for that transition. Well, and and I'm very well versed in that, and so that's not a surprise to me on that front. What does surprise me is when you look at guys like um, Yoel Romero. I never understood how he could walk around the way he does and fight the way he did because he was just so muscular and you could tell and I was like dude I'm tired after watching you fight for five minutes so oh, yeah that's incredible yeah he's a physical specimen that is indefinitely oh look at that a pigeon just hit my window uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we so we, we talked a lot about, you know, how the importance of winning and, you know, how it really kind of feeds the success of not only your sponsors, but your career. So, you know, you mentioned that you did um, you kind of fell on your last fight. Um, so what are your current short term goals right now? My current short term goals is I'm, I'm actually trying to get a uh, find an opponent to fight in April of, of uh April 22nd, so here in, in what, five weeks, and so we've been in training camp for that and and getting ready for that, but we, we, we don't quite have an opponent down pat yet, like all the way signed to the contract, so we're, we're waiting for that, and uh, yeah, that, that's really all I'm focused on right now is, is getting getting back in there and getting that that next win. I had, I had a few, I had a few uh, procedures done. You know, I had to, I, I'm just coming off the shoulder surgery, and I'm just now, like, back to 100%. So, short-term goal is just to get back in there and and, and get back on that winning track. So, you mentioned you got to find someone to fight. And, you know, let me know this. You, you have an impressive record. I can't imagine too many guys are willing to say, yeah, I want to fight Romero. Does that kind of feed into the difficulty in finding an opponent, or is it more about getting the money right for it oh it, it used to be really hard to find an opponent i remember my my like early in my career we would go through you know five or six guys you know trying to trying to 
find an opponent. But now, now it's not it's not as it's not as hard because we're you know I'm ranked number nine. Uh, I'm ranked number nine, uh, and you know I'm coming off a loss. So, so there's there's more people that, that that's willing to fight me now, you know, than than before, which is which is a great thing. You know, it's a great thing for me. I got more people to choose from, but uh, you know, that's not my job. I, uh, you know, so that's my management team's job, and 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 uh, they're gonna get the right fight and 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 for the right money and and get us on our way. So it's just me just doing my part with just getting ready. No, that's excellent. So it sounds like your management team really does help you quite a bit when it comes to the business side of things. Is so does pretty much every fighter have their own management team or do some or do some fighters kind of take the Lamar Jackson route and decide, no, I want to be in control of everything? Uh I mean it, it's it's a rare it's a rare thing. It, it, it's it's a it's a it's not a rare thing. It's a uh it's a rare thing to have good people. The fight game is a real dirty, dirty game. And from what, from what I, you know, we, we hear from boxing and, and combat sports, anything with money and, and, and throwing fists is going is, is gonna to be, there's going to be some corruption there. So it's important to find, to find the people that, that, that you can trust and that really have the, uh, your best interest in mind. And as well as have all that, be able to have them people in their back pocket that they can, you know, that they know they need to be able to know about people. So I'm, I'm lucky enough to be on one of the, the, the best management teams out there. I, I have a, a Lee Abdelaziz working for me. And so he, uh, you know, he, he's the same Khabib Namagomedov, you know, he, had, his, his, he manages him, he manages, you know, Kamar Usman, he manages Francis Ngano, he, the, the list goes on. He, he has, you know, champions upon champions underneath this underneath this so he, i got the right guy as far as that that goes so everything else is just on me well and we know you're going to put the work in so i i have no doubt that we'll see you with some gold around yourself pretty soon but that leads me right into my next one so you talked about how you know you're really looking for somebody here for april of 23 what so in the long term right you talked a lot about the physical toll it takes on the body um, for a lot of our listeners out there who know majority of fighters, you know, they don't have college degrees or, you know, they don't have, like you said, you know, great. Well, at least I don't want to, I don't want to speak for them, but you know, they got to be real picky about their management to, for their success. When we're talking about long-term success though, the days when you're done fighting, when, you know, your body can't take it anymore, what's your long-term goal then? Uh, my long-term goals right now is, uh, you know, obviously to, to use the money that you're making from the fight game and transition that into into the business world. So, uh, you know, me and my brother are are, are opening a trucking company right now, and and then as well as just found out that you know I got my hand in a in a in a gym out here that that uh they it's a MMA slash yoga gym and it has it has cannabis facilitation, but we actually just got our license. Uh, my partner just got his license to uh, open up a dispensary as well, so we're going to be doing that and that and that portion of it. So I'm looking forward to to moving into that that realm, you know, when we get done. But it's just setting stuff up as far as to to be able to make 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 money with uh without having to do that. So I got to use this part of my life as a to use the wrestling and the scrap and the grind and, and get as much cash as I can and transition that over into the uh the business world. So. 
trying to find people to help it to uh help me do that and and like i said luckily with my sponsors that i have they're they're also great business minds so i have i have a lot of mentors and and, and people in my life that i that that'll be able to uh help me do that when it comes time you know it sounds like you could put on a clinic yourself about the importance of networking because that's something that i had to learn the hard way in my business career it be when i developed the skills like i had the skills but i didn't know the right people but once i started knowing the right people and started hanging around the right circles it was amazing how fast things took off and so i'd be i'd be interested to know and i know we're going to wrap up here pretty soon um what what are some things that you would tell someone that they should consider before deciding to become a fighter uh first of all you gotta have the want to you gotta have the want to and you 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 gotta have a base you know i'm sure i'm sure it'd be it it's easy to say you want to be a fighter but you gotta have a base to do it you gotta have some kind of base rather that's boxing or 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 or, or a base of wrestling and something from from early on and 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 uh second of all just to be just to be patient just to be patient this it's a marathon it's not a sprint I remember thinking coming into the game that I'd be able to, you know, pick pick everything up and and come in and be in and out of it in about you know three years or something and, and achieve all my goals and stuff. And and realistically, everyone else is working and everyone else has been doing this been doing this for some time too. And it take, it takes time to learn. And so just uh just to be patient, be patient and uh and, and be a sponge. So before I ask you my my famous state of the industry question that I ask all our guests, um, I want to I want to give this time I want to give you the floor. Any final thoughts or statements that you want to make out there that people should know about you or you want them to know about you that often goes overlooked in previous interviews or other platforms that you might have not had the chance to express. I appreciate the time for you taking taking a talk to me and 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 get my word out there. All pub is good pub, so I mean. There's not really anything that anyone has uh, never gave me the time or, or to express that I that I really want to say is just uh, just keep my head down and keep working, and uh, you know just get my nose to the grindstone and and eventually people will talk about me. So I'm not I'm not much of a vocal guy, but but uh, you know people will hear about me for sure. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and like I said, I'm always rooting for the winners. Um, some of you may be aware of kind of my upbringing as a child and all that, you know, when you don't come from a lot of money or, you know, you're the type of person where you really had to get it on your own. I love seeing when other people are doing that successfully and they're not letting whatever barriers that were in their way get in their way. I think that's something as a society where I am grateful that we're recognizing them, but there's a difference between just talking about it and doing something about it, which is why I have such great respect for fighters. They're taking whatever skills they have and they're making the most out of their future. So I have no doubt that you'll find success in your trucking business in the long run and whoever you fight next, I can't wait to watch. So as I begin to wrap this up, I always like to ask everyone this current state of the industry, how do you feel about the current state of MMA? Do you think it's going in the right direction? Do you think there need to be major changes made? You know, what, what would, where do you, how do you feel right now about the current state of your industry? Oh man, I think, I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's in a, it's in a transitional spot. It's, uh, 
it's kind of like going what boxing and went through years years ago but boxing's been around for hundreds of years so it's 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 getting to the point to where they they got all the marketing down and and the fighters as far as how much money they make compared to, compared to the shows and the promoters and everything like that and and I don't really want to get involved in that because it's not like I said I've had, I've been really blessed as far as my path in MMA I haven't did the traditional the traditional path I've had you know I've I've had the blueprint has been been set for me and and I'm following it and it's been you know I've had a compared to others I've had a a pretty good time but as far as the pay scale and stuff I feel like that's all coming up coming around as far as we got people like uh you know Francis Ngannou doing what he's doing as far as stepping out and 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 going over to the boxing thing and getting more money and and, and the Jake Paul thing and him coming over to the PFL after doing doing his own thing in boxing and his own promotion and stuff and and bringing more eyes over there and the, and the pay scale is is, is increasing uh, just from them guys people like them guys doing that type of move uh, you got the people like uh john finch and stuff and they they the old the old guard the guy that's going going to court and, and and trying to make get the pay scale more like the ali act like in uh like like boxing has to where to where there's you know champions find other like they take care of their the, the overall the, the athletes more overall as far as crop promotion stuff and and, and taking care of the fighters and, and the fighters making money so all that stuff is going on simultaneously, which which makes it uh, you know, easier for me. So I don't know if I'll be around to see the benefits of all that because I'm I'm, you know, I'm I'm no spring chicken. But uh, I feel like the sport, all in all, is uh is is increasing as far as money wise, and it's it's in a good good spot. But uh, you know, I'm just trying to get mine, so I need to get back winning. So I'll be all right, regardless. Well, Romero, once again, I want to thank you for your time and all the best wishes to you and your family. Can't wait to see you again. Hey, for sure. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, brother. Obviously, I have some skin in the game when it comes to this interview, but I can already tell this is going to be one of my more favorite ones, too. Uh, one, it's not only personally someone that I know in an industry and sport that I love, but it there's so many layers to unpack here. You have the fighter, you know, who short term wise, you know, they're trying to chase a championship dream, but also they're trying to build for their future. And a lot of fighters out there, they're not lucky enough to have the opportunity to go to college where a lot of them, this is their true calling. And this is the only thing they can do. So they have to make the most of it. Secondly, I like the, the intention of thinking long-term, trying to gain ownership and start your own company, whether that's a trucking business, a dispensary, or trying to diversify any way you can. Um, that's just the first layer. Then you have the business side of it. We're talking about sponsorships. You know, A lot of these business owners and businesses that invest in these fighters, they're getting the opportunity to have their brand and their services seen across the world uh, when these fighters go in the ring. So when you see those banners, those logos on those fighter shorts, that means a lot to not only the fighter, but to the business as well. And for the business owners out there who've been looking for different ways to market themselves and their services, I highly encourage you to look into investing into a local fighter because they they need your help and you're going to get a return on investment for sure. 
So, I mean, I just I completely love the way that that interview went. With that said, everyone, uh, keep your ears perked. We have more coming, especially from the MMA industry coming up soon. Uh, We're going to reach out to anyone and everyone that we know within our network, possibly some gym and some fitness center owners that are heavily invested in the fight game. So with that said, I want to thank everyone for your continued listenership. Make sure that you like, subscribe, and you share our episodes so we can continue to bring you awesome guests like Romero. And with that said, stay cool, world, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube